0: Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. So glad you've stopped by. We hope that as you listen to today's sermon, the Holy Spirit, through His Word, will refill you, recharge you, and equip you for the rest of your journey with Him. Listen to today's sermon. Amen. Father, indeed, we offer our lives to you use our lives for your glory. For that's why you made us, Lord, for the praise of your glory. You made us to enjoy you and glorify you with our lives. Today, as we attend to your word, Father, I ask that by your spirit, you come and help us. Open our eyes again to understand that you delight in us. And you want to glorify yourself in our lives. Help us see today, Lord, that your glory depends on us as we depend on you. Help me as I bring your word to your people today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you very much for this wonderful, wonderful worship time. just brings us into God's presence in an amazing way. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's a delight to be here amongst you again this morning, among God's children, worshipping him and joying him, giving him glory, and now to turn to his word. Our leaders have asked me to do something on prayer, and actually it's going to be a first in a series. For the next few weeks, we're going to be dealing with prayer. The nice thing about this one is that the plan is that it's not going to be like a preach-preach or a teaching-teaching on prayer, but I've been asked to share my personal experience so that it's tangible, it's real, and hopefully by the grace of God, we'll all get something from it. We'll be encouraged, we'll be built up to be a people who depend on God in prayer. Amen. So I'm going to be talking about prayer, and I have called it a mindset of dependence on God. A mindset of dependence on God. So prayer, a mindset of dependence on God. Interestingly, I had my text all typed out. That I was going to start with. But during the worship, I felt God lead me somewhere else. So I'm going to have to go to that now. And then we read from there. And then I start to share. It's going to be more of sharing my testimony. And then we turn to the scriptures to to see what God says about it. So if you have your Bibles, please... You can turn with me to Psalm 16. I'm not surprised God turned me to this psalm because to tell the truth, if it's going to be about my testimony, then Psalm 16 has to feature in there. Because Psalm 16, I'll say it's like the, the text of my life. So I'll just read that to us and then we'll see, share my testimony, see what God has for us. So in Psalm 16, we find a psalm of David. It starts with verse 1, Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. So right away, we get a sense of total dependence on God. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. So apart from total dependence on God, in verse 3, we find that it extends to God's people as well. The saints in the land, the children of God in the land, are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. So we delight in God, we delight in the church. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. So forgetting all other gods and idols, human relationships, material things, he says, look, I'm not for any of those. It's just God and God alone. I will not even take up their names on my lips. Verse 5. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. Again, total dependence on God. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. Hallelujah. You make my lot secure. Verse 6. This one is my my key verse, my life verse. Should you look in my ring right now? You'll see it engraved inside. PS 16V 6. Psalm 16 verse 6. It's like my life verse. It says the boundary line's have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely, I have a delightful inheritance. Because I believe that God has my life all covered. I believe that all that has happened in the past, all that is happening now, all that will happen in the future, is sorted out by God already. And the picture I get when I read this is that of a patriarch who has called his sons around him towards the end of his life and is distributing his property to them. So he's got land And then he just goes and he says, you come, this is yours. You take from here to here to here. And you have the sense that the land will not be the same everywhere. Some will be rough terrain, some will be, be, you know, fertile land and all that. But assurance here is that for me, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. So in everything that happens in my life, I am so sure that is the best for me. That God always gives me the best. So that's verse 6 there. Then he goes on to say, I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. Again, dependence on him. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaking. Hallelujah. Come toward me. And in life, a lot will happen. Good things will come. Bad things will come. But knowing that the Lord is always at our right hand, gives us that assurance, that security, that we will never be shaking no matter what. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. Because of this assurance of God's protection, God's security, God's being there, God's provision, he says, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Hallelujah. What a sense of security. What assurance. Why? Verse 10. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. Now will, now will you let your faithful one see decay. Verse 11. You make known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Hallelujah. So today I'm going to be talking about prayer, but I'm going to be looking at it in terms of developing a mindset, a kind of mindset that totally depends on God. And if you're able to do that, you'll find that you live a life of prayer because prayer is communion with God. Prayer is being in tune with God, speaking to him, hearing from him trusting him, obeying him, and living in his blessings and favor. And so I, I, I want to share my testimony. Then I will go to a few scriptures, quite a few of them actually. And then hopefully this time we go through all and see how God has been a blessing to me and how this mindset of dependence on him has blessed me. So, my early years. I'll say that from a very early age, somehow God gave me a sense of, uh, wanting to know him so in my primary years i will recall that during break time when typical boys are out playing football i wasn't the sporty kind you'll find me in the classroom reading my bible i had this little book called wisdom for modern man which had the uh, proverbs and ecclesiastes and then you know the small gideon's new testament it has the Psalms at the back those are my favorites so even as a little boy in primary school, I spent my break times often just reading this and soaking the word of God in there. So I've always loved the Psalms. I've always loved the Proverbs and all that because of that experience. In class three, I remember my class teacher made me class pastor, which is why I posed that was in the school. It was class prefect and other things. But for some reason, he made me class pastor. And it gave me power to determine what punishment to be given to naughty guys in the class and all that. So looking back, I think God from the early days was beginning to ordain my life and you know, work things out for me. Then I remember at the age of 10, when I was going to Form 1 boarding house, I was the first of my parents' kids to go leave the house. So I think there was a bit of anxiety and fear and all that. So I recall very well that evening when my mom was taking me to school. In the corner of her bedroom, she made me kneel down and she prayed over me. I don't remember most of the prayer, but one that stayed with me was that God should spread his wings over me like a mother hen protects her young ones. And that has stayed with me. So, throughout my secondary school, from form one, I just felt God's hand upon my life. And the only thing that happened was that that day, when she took me to school, that was in Tamale, Tamale Secondary School. She, I was a little boy, only 10. I didn't know anything was going on in life. So, she was a bit worried. So, we got to the school and she asked for a prefect, for she wanted to leave me in somebody's care. And lo and behold, who comes but the SU president? So, from day one in the boarding school, I was the SU president's little boy. It meant that I went for every dorm prayer meeting. I attended every SU meeting from 4-1 to 4-5. That set the pace for my life. My mom had led us to Christ when we were young. I'd learned lots of things from Sunday school. that These kids are learning now. All became relevant for me. But I'm sharing this for you to see that I think that it wasn't me finding God. I think God found me. And very early, put his hand upon me and helped me through life. And so by God's grace, I passed my old level which in itself is a testimony because in Tamale Secondary School and in that year, 1992, science results were generally bad. But by God's grace, the youngest in the class, I ended up getting the best grades. I passed well enough to come into sixth form at Presec, which was very competitive. Itself a testimony because my dad had gotten scared. My dad went to Presec himself for two days, so it's not that year. But what happened was during the time that the exam was coming up, Lots of his friends counseled him, don't let this guy choose presec. I know he wants to go there, but don't let him because it may be difficult. And if he chooses that he doesn't get, we'll push him somewhere else. So my dad counseled me, you know what? Don't choose presec. I know you really want to go there. Choose somewhere else. I said, Thank you, Dad. I went to school and I chose presec first choice. I chose presec second choice. And I chose some other school for third choice. The die was cast. And thank God I passed enough to go to presec. It was important I came to Accra because I think when I came to Accra, that's when my life changed. Because up until that time, even though I went to SU and everything, I was a very, I had a legalistic mindset, okay? Where I felt that God will bless me when I am good or when I do good. It was highly transactional. So when I'm obedient and I pray, then things go well for me. If I miss my prayer, then bad things can happen to me. Uh, Maybe some of you are there today. That's, That's how I was. And as a child, it worried me because I realized even as a child, I wasn't perfect. I did so many wrong things. So I remember one day at the age of about 12 or 13, lying in bed and crying out to God. I said, God, I see what's happening all around me. I see the adults around me and their lives they are living. We all go to church. They go to church. We believe in you. But I see the things they do that are not right. And I was worried. So as a little boy, I remember crying out to God and saying, God, if I'm going to grow up and be like that, if I'm not going to be able to live my life as I see in your word, then let me die today. Let me die right now. I look back and I say, what kind of thing will make a little boy pray that kind of prayer? But that's how passionate I was for pleasing God. And I thought it all depended on me. And I just saw that, look, this is not going to be easy to do. So God, if it's going to be that way, I'm going to end up just living my life anyhow. I want to die now. I don't want to grow up into an adult. And I think God answered my prayer when I came to Sixth Form in Accra. Because then I met a man in a church where I went to who changed my life. He introduced me to the gospel of God's grace. I got to understand for the first time that the righteousness of God is not dependent on my works. It's not dependent on the Ten Commandments or the law. I got to understand that it's totally dependent on the finished work of Christ on the cross. That through faith in Christ Jesus, by the grace of God, I can get saved and I can be put right with God. Brothers and sisters, for a child who was struggling within me to live right and to please God, that was being set free from prison. That was joy irrepressible. My whole life changed. My relationship with God changed. I loved God more than ever before. Because there was a struggle. There was a problem. How can I be a righteous person? I tried with my own power and I couldn't do it. And now suddenly... I realized that God has freely given me his righteousness in his son, Jesus Christ. So, the transformation was so huge that my life changed. And I'll tell you one thing. I finished sixth form. One day, I, was, I got into Legon. Testimonies about that I had no time to share. But by God's grace, I got in there. I always remember one day in the physics lab at Legon, I was walking through the lab and someone from behind just came and gave me a slap. Why? And I turned round, and I'm sure I smiled. <laughs> and he was like, "Why? Why are you always smiling like that?" That's why he slapped me. He couldn't take it that I was always happy. But that tells you the kind of person I had become because of this great news, this gospel of God. It totally transformed my life. I became a smiling man. I became a laughing man. I became the happiest man on earth. Because suddenly I realized that I could flow with God without any hindrance. And that, I believe, has been the key to my prayer life. As Hebrews tells us in chapter 4, that we come with all confidence to the throne of grace, knowing that we would find mercy and grace to meet our every need. That is the key of it for me. So if you don't hear anything today, I want you to hear that it is God's grace. Knowing your identity in Christ. That assurance of salvation. That knowing that he is yours and you are his. That knowing that he loves you unconditionally. He accepts you unconditionally. No matter what you do or not do. No matter how much you have failed or not. That for me has been the key. And from that day, my life has been different. I have known favor. I have known grace as I have depended totally on God for everything. There's no time to shy it all, but I think my life has been one of uncommon favor and come on favor things go wrong but God always makes a way for me it starts with my dad dying when I was in sixth form about the time I'd gotten this salvation thing and I have six we have six siblings But i always wonder why out of the six of us I was the only one that someone picked up one of my dad's friends just picked me up and said hey I'm going to look after you so throughout till I finished presec, he paid all my fees throughout Legon he paid all my fees throughout medical school he paid my fees not only paid my fees, he gave me weekly money to live on. And up to today, I still see him as my dad. He just took me on like that. Some of my siblings had to struggle. Some of them had to work through university to pay their fees and all that. I was spared that. Why me? I don't know. Favor and grace. I see the same with my work and my career life. I have never had to struggle and apply for a job. And yet, I just get being poached. I refuse jobs all the time because people want me to work for them. Why? I don't know. Special favor and grace. You know, I think about my marriage. I think about my children. Why did I get such a beautiful, intelligent, loving woman? Why? I don't think I deserve my wife. Grace. So my whole life has been grace like that. And when I start talking about God's provision for my life, you will not believe it. It's unusual. Some of you here know parts of it. I I just keep getting whatever I want. And I think it's this total sense of dependence on God and relying on Him and trusting Him and delighting in Him. And that is the key. That's where the grace thing comes in. Because when you fully appreciate God's goodness and God's kindness and how much you don't deserve it, what it does is it stirs up something in your heart so you fall in love with God. Like Jesus said, He who is forgiving little loves little. Who is forgiving much? It's the same when you appreciate how much you have been forgiven and loved, it starts up something in your heart. And so I learned to delight in God. I learned to delight in the things of God. Since that time, at the age of 16, when I got this gospel, I have never stopped serving God. Right from that age 16, I began a, a youth group in church, just taking young people and teaching them every Saturday. I did that until I finished medical school. I began working at Legon Hospital as a doctor and the first thing I did was to start a Bible study on campus for students. For 10 to 12 years, every Thursday I did Bible study for students. As soon as I finished medical school, I was ordained as a pastor. I was serving the church as a pastor as well. And all of this without pay. What am I saying? I have done this not as a sacrifice, not with effort, I have done it as a source of joy. Because I feel that There's nothing I can ever do to repay God for what he's done for me. I just delight in him and his goodness. And I think that is key to living a life of dependence on God. Because someone could try to depend on God, but do it out of a transactional mindset or a legalistic mindset. But when it is from the heart, it makes a difference. Prayer. My experience has been that as I have delighted in God and in his work, he has met my every need. When I was in university, there was a time when I just had to think something and I got it. I didn't have to pray. Typical example, hmm, it would be nice to have a nice suit to attend this wedding coming up. And within a week, someone comes from the UK. Oh, I thought about you when I was shopping and I bought this suit for you. I didn't even pray about it. I've received several cars in my life. The car I use now is a Mercedes E-Class, given to me free. Last year, my family moved to the U.S. My wife went to school. We went together. I came back with the boys. Then I took them to go be with her. We all went together. Then, before we got there, someone called me from the U.S. I was thinking about you guys. You are coming with your boys here. You will go to school. You need a car. So my sister and her husband just bought a new car. So I asked them about their old one. And they said they could give it to you. Before we got there, there was a free car waiting for us in the U.S. I can count as many as five that I've received free of charge. I didn't pray and ask for it. My house is a testimony. God gave us a house, a beautiful house, big house. When I began building that house, we didn't have a dime in savings. But a friend of ours, I'll always remember her. My wife and I were mates in medical school. So one of our classmates, a friend of ours, she came and kept pushing, encouraging us, you guys, you should build, you should build. We said we didn't have money. She's like, you know what? I have $5,000 saved. I'll give it to you to start. With that $5,000 loan, we'll be ignore our foundation. In less than three years, we moved into a huge five bedroom house. Beautiful house. Some of you have been there, you've seen it. It's all testimony to God's provision. I'm telling you, there's favor everywhere. Favor. Didn't have to buy lots of things. Oh, I'll do all your POP for you. Oh, I'll do this for you. You'll be amazed. So, I have learned to totally depend on God. And I'll share one now. I won't mention names, but there's someone in here, for example, who, who gave me a beautiful painting a while back. My first painting, work of art that I really treasured. He's here right now with his family. I loved it so much. But a few weeks ago, when our friends here were leaving, I decided that, oh, I know that they loved it when they saw it. So, I said, I'll give it to them. So, I asked his permission. He said, fine, you can give it to them. I gave it to them two weeks ago when we had a send-off for them in my home. That very day, after I gave it off, another person right here told me that, you know what? This thing you're trying to do with your house, I'm going to give you paintings to put in your room. And last week, I received six beautiful framed works of art to replace the one that I gave away. I didn't ask for it. But to tell you, that is the story of my life. And with this car thing, I look back and I realize that the first car I had was a Toyota RA4. One day in a church meeting, I just felt God saying, give this car to this pastor who does all this work in the villages and all that. And I gave it to him. talked to my wife. She's like, okay, if you feel God says that, do it. And I gave it away. I started using Trotro to go to work. I was at Legon Hospital those days. you in being and you're, you're patient to see. and say, oh, doctor, I'll pay for you. You know? But I look back and realize that that's probably the seed that has given me now five free cars. So this God is trustworthy. This God is dependent. But you don't have to go with a transactional mindset. You go as a response to his love and his grace. And you'll be amazed what he will do. So now we turn to the scriptures and see what the Bible says about this kind of mindset. Job chapter 22, 21 to 30. It says, submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. Accept instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. If you remove wickedness far from your tent and assign your nuggets to the dust, your gold of offer to the rocks in the ravens, then the Almighty will be your gold, the choicest silver for you. Surely then you will find delight in the Almighty and will lift up your face to God. You will pray to him and he will hear you and you will fulfill your vows. What you decide on, will be done. Hallelujah. So you don't even have to pray very much. Oh. What you decide on will be done. And light will shine on your waist. I'll pause here and share that testimony. I decided I wanted to turn my house into a guest house recently so I can get some income from that. And um, I needed to do some upgrade, renovation, and all that. I had a budget in mind to do it. You won't believe it. One of my friends came around, looked at everything and said, you know what, this budget you're talking about, I don't think it will do this into a fitting place. i will be nice enough. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Even this budget, I don't know where I'm going to get the money from. I'm trusting God for this one. Long and short, within a couple of weeks, this friend organized for me three times the amount of money I wanted. No interest, no timelines. Pay whenever you can. Who does that? So even you get someone to give you what you need, but someone with a heart that says, you know what, what you need is too small, I'll give you three times that. But honestly, it's not strange with me. That is the story of my life. God has always provided everything I have. I could share more and more testimonies. He says, what you decide on will be done. And light will shine on your ways. When people are brought low and you say, lift them up, then he will save the downcast. He will deliver even one who is not innocent. Who will be delivered through the cleanness of your hands. So this is a promise from God's word. When we trust and rely on God completely, he does things for us. But the secret is being able to come and approach his throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. The secret is this. God longs to glorify himself in our lives. You think that you want things, you want to pray, you want to God. But actually, God is more interested in your life than you are. Because when you are identified with him as his, as his, as his child, what happens is your welfare Now is tied to his glory. He's an obligation to make you good, to do you good, so that his name will be glorified. And that's what God seeks above all in the world, to glorify himself. John 14, 13, find Jesus Christ saying this. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. John 14, 13. So he does it, not necessarily even for us but because he knows that our well-being is tied to the Father's glory. So he said, I will do it so that the Father will be glorified in the Son. John 16, 24. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. So it's his delight that we have joy. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be fulfilled. Because when that happens, we praise him, we share testimonies, and glory comes to him. God's desire is that we be happy in him. He wants us to go around the world smiling. He wants us to be happy people. He wants us to be light and salt in the world. And when that happens, he is glorified the most. Psalm 37, verse 4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. As you delight in God, as you rejoice in him, as you enjoy him, he will give you the desires of your heart. Because he wants people to take delight in him. He wants people to enjoy him. He says, he who comes to him has believed that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So you have that mindset of God is good. God is trustworthy. God is faithful. God is kind. God, God is great. God is mighty. God will provide. Just that mindset, that belief, that faith makes God want to do it because you are delighting in him. You're not thinking of going somewhere else to get your help. Psalm 50 verse 15. This is what God says. I want you to trust me in your times of trouble so I can rescue you and you can give me glory. How direct can you be? He says, I want you to call to me. I want you to pray to me in your time of trouble. Why? So that I can rescue you. Why? So that you can give me the glory. God wants his glory above all else. And his glory is tied to us. He wants you to depend on him. He wants you to trust him. People will go to other places for help. But the Father, you haven't gone there, you have come to him. It gives him glory. And so he, he wants us to come to him in prayer. He says, call to me your time of trouble. I will answer you and you will give me glory. Jeremiah 32, 40 to 41. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them. Hallelujah. God will never stop doing good to his people. And I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. I will rejoice in doing them good and I will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and soul. So not only will he do us good, he actually rejoices in doing us good. It's a mindset that we need to develop that God is for us and not against us. Hallelujah. When you have that mindset, things work out for your good. But you see that mindset it's difficult to get when you have a legalistic mind frame because you disqualify yourself by knowing that I, I am not righteous enough. I did this, I thought that, I did the devil bring accusations. And so you're not able to go to God without confidence. But in grace, we're able to go without confidence. Not going because of our goodness or because we deserve it, but because of Christ's finished work on the cross. We go to God's throne with confidence freely because Christ has paid the price. When you have that understanding, that mindset, it changes everything. At least it changed my life. That that mindset changed my life. Total dependence on God. Total understanding of his grace. And that's why every opportunity I have, I talk about God's grace. Psalm 147 verse 11. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. The Job scripture we read said, Make God himself your gold and your silver. Don't put your trust in the horses or the chariots. Don't put your trust in your bank account. Don't put your trust in your job or your skills. Put your trust in God. He says, Make him your gold. Make him your silver. You'll be amazed how he provides for you. Romans 4.20 says that, Yes, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Talking about Abraham when he believed for Isaac. Just the fact that you trusted God, he says that gave glory to God. And that's why Isaac came. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so you see that what Jesus said makes sense in Matthew 6.33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to us as well. That has been my experience. That when we learn to know God and to trust him and to seek him, if you make him your delight, if you make it your goal that you want to please him, you want to love him, you want to love people and serve people with all of your heart, you find that there is a joy that comes from delighting in God. And that gives him glory. And because of that, he keeps doing you good. because he's committed to doing us good. The reason we disqualify ourselves from receiving God's goodness is the sense of guilt and fear and condemnation. The sense of unworthiness. Because you look at your life like I did before I understood the gospel of grace and you know that you do not qualify. If you are honest, you know. Subconsciously, that blocks you from receiving because you know you are not righteous. And you know the promises of God are for the righteous. But the good news is this. The key is this. The secret is this. Your righteousness is not dependent on you. God has shown a new kind of righteousness which is apart from the law. Romans chapter 3 says that. It is apart from the law. It's not dependent on right or wrong. It is totally, totally apart from the law and totally dependent on Christ and his finished work. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. So today, if you've been here like me and you're battling with this whole righteousness issue, today you can come to Jesus Christ. Today you can cross over from that sense of guilt and total dependence on yourself and your own works to be right before god you can come in faith just believe in christ and receive the righteousness of god and that freedom that righteousness opens the door to receive all these blessings and favor from god i don't think i'm special i don't think i'm unique i don't think since that day i have not sinned or done anything wrong before i'm just like everyone else here i still have my faults and everything But total dependence on God for my righteousness and my salvation, total dependence for everything else has changed my life. What I've told you is just small. You need to sit with me and hear my testimonies. Then you realize that God is a provider. God is faithful. And God can do the same for you as well. The greatest opportunity I believe you can have is to come into this relationship with God where there are no barriers anymore. On that cross, when Christ died, the Bible says that he said it is finished. And in that moment, there was thunder, there was loud noise, and the curtain in the temple tore in two. It was a symbol to show us that now men can come to God without a hindrance. The curtain prevented people from coming to God. But that curtain tore in two when Christ finished his work on the cross. It means you have unhindered access to the throne of grace. When you come in Christ Jesus. Have you been struggling with this righteousness issue? There's a new righteousness. It's true faith in Christ Jesus by the grace of God. I'd like us to stand together with all eyes closed. And I want to make an appeal. There's no shyness about it. It's more of a hunger. You're a hunger for righteousness. You want this relationship with God. You want a life of total dependence on God. You want God's glory to be manifest in your life. I want to encourage you wherever you are now, you know you have never truly, totally given your life to Christ to receive his righteousness. You've always felt it's going to be by your own works and efforts to be right with God. You can just raise your hand wherever you are. You raise your hand wherever you are. Praise God. Raise your hand. Today you can enter into the righteousness of God. It is by faith. It's not by works. It's not by human effort. It's a free gift. So long as you believe in your heart, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Today you can do this. Forget about left, right, who's seen you, who's not seen you. I want to encourage you. This is my experience. This is my story. It is real and it can be your story as well. So, by faith, I want to encourage you if your hands are lifted, just walk boldly to the front right now. Publicly declare your dependence on Jesus today. You are letting go of everything of human works and self effort. And today you receive the grace of God freely. I encourage you, just come forward. Come forward in all boldness. I made this decision when I was 16. I got this understanding when I was 16 and changed my life up to today. Changed my life completely. Totally changed my life. Totally changed my life. Totally changed my life. It's not by works. It's not by human effort. It is totally by the grace of God. And how does that happen? Through faith. Through faith. Just believe that God is. Believe that you were created by him. Understand that you cannot by your own effort ever match up to his standards of holiness. And righteousness. no matter how much you have tried. And if you are honest, you have tried in the past, but you keep failing. Understand that and accept that today, that, Lord, I can't do it on my own. But I thank you for this good news, that in Christ Jesus, my sins can be forgiven. In Christ Jesus, I can receive righteousness and a new life. If you can believe these words that I'm saying now, and you will open your mouth now, And speak it out, come into covenant with God. According to the word of God, you would have crossed over from death to life. You would have crossed over from your own kind of righteousness to God's righteousness and right standing with him. Hallelujah. If you are not forward here, but you also think you need to pray this prayer, I encourage you to pray it as well. I want you to hear the words. I want you to own them. And then you speak it out. Amen. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the good news of your gospel. I thank you that Christ Jesus came, lived in this world, died on the cross in my place. I thank you that Jesus took away my sins. Today, Lord, I ask that you give me your righteousness. Because I believe in Jesus. I believe He's your son. I believe he paid the price for me. Receive me. Give me your righteousness. And help me to delight in you. And glorify you with my life. Now and forevermore. Amen. Hallelujah. I would like to encourage you. This is the beginning of a wonderful, wonderful, amazing journey with God. I believe today will be a similar day in your life or you will realize that it marks the days when your, your joy began. Hallelujah. But it's not just by doing this. It's, it's about being um, helped and disciples. So I encourage you, please leave your names before you go. We'll spend time with you and help you work out this new righteousness that God has given you. God bless you. For the rest of us, I would like to pray that God will help us, that we will learn to delight in him and receive of his goodness. Father, thank you that in your presence there's fullness of joy and in your right hand pleasures forevermore. Help us, O God, who are in Christ to constantly be in your presence, to constantly be aware of your presence with us, to constantly depend on you. That we might know your joy. And our, your, you will be glorified in our lives. Draw us closer to you. Make us lost in wonder and in awe. Because of your amazing grace. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. hallelujah amen thank you so much pastor joe for allowing yourself to be used to bring us the word amen we thank god for your life hallelujah it's time for offering and offering time is blessing time amen if today is your very first time please you are not under any obligation to put in money but for the rest of us we want to say a big thank you to you for always being faithful hallelujah God bless you so much, and we encourage you to be faithful in your tithe and offering. Amen. We hope this sermon blessed you. If it did, will you consider sharing it with a friend? And if you're in Accra looking for a spirit-filled community to worship with, why don't you join us at Mikado Plaza, Bonnie Junction, Accra, on Sundays from 9 to 10.30 a.m., you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at AccraChurch and visit our website, acrachurch.org for more sermons. God bless you.